0: Hello, true crime lovers. Welcome to another episode of Dimes of Crime. I'm Richa. And I'm Haley. Okay, so we're going to start with what we're drinking today really first. So, okay. What are you drinking?
1: I am drinking a Pinot Grigio from the box. Costco, of course. Costco, Costco you need to be sponsoring us.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yeah. Shout out to Costco if anyone of you guys can get us sponsors from costco we'd really appreciate just the <laughs> booze even um mm-hmm. i'm drinking a lemon drop martini side note my in-laws are in town and if you hear any rumble in the background literally the entire rest of my family right now is playing oculus outside so there might be some screams i apologize for that but you know it's the huh. life of uh, at-home posca- podcasters these days <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um so yeah um lemon drop martini for me box pinot grigio for Haley. Um, also, this is our first episode post-launch, so for those Yay. of you guys who have supported us so far and listened to all episodes or any episodes, we really appreciate you being here um, and supporting us. If you haven't reviewed us already, please do on any platform that you're listening us to us on. It really helps us. And uh, if you're new here, welcome.
1: Yeah, thank you for being here. We couldn't be here without you guys, and we... Su- we had a very successful launch because of you and we're really appreciative of you guys. So
0: yeah, yeah we're thank hoping you. to just get better and provide you more and more content. So speaking of, let's get into today's case. Today's case is going to be uh, an interesting one to say the least, but I don't know how popular she is. Michelle Carter. Haley, have you heard of her?
1: I have heard of Michelle Carter. I kind of remember when the case was going on. I don't know all the details of what, she, what led up to her crime, but mm-hmm. I am familiar with her. Okay, so let's just start off with a brief
0: kind of history about what the case was that I knew of. It, it was her boyfriend died, and uh, we'll go into the details of the name, etc., and she was being... Her boyfriend committed suicide, to be exact. And for some reason, even though Michelle was nowhere near her him, she was 45 minutes to an hour away, uh, she's being tried for the homicide of her boyfriend. Right. So let's start with exactly what happens. And then we're kind of going to go back in time to dig through the relevant parts of this case and why I think it's interesting. So. It's July 12th, 2014, and uh, it's morning time, like, bright and early in the morning, and this mom, Lynn Roy, wakes up and notices that her teenage son, 18, 19-year-old son, is missing. Conrad Roy is his name. Conrad Roy the third. So, she reports him missing, and, um, you know, they obviously start a search. They put out, like, this is his car. he is driving a black truck. I don't remember what model. It doesn't matter. Regardless, you know, this is how the parents find out. So the family friend of Conrad's dad, who is Conrad Royce Jr., because the grandpa is Conrad Royce Sr. They all have the same name. That's going to get confusing. So I'm just going to call him Conrad's dad. So a family friend of Conrad's dad calls Conrad Roy Jr. to tell them that His son, who's actually missing, was also Michelle's boyfriend, his truck was found in a Kmart parking lot and it has caution tape around it. So obviously the dad gets in his car and drives straight to the scene and uh, his grandpa is coming out of the parking lot and basically runs into the uh, victim's dad and says, and the victim's dad is with the family friend who actually called him to inform him of this and he tells him, You know, Conrad's Conrad's no more, and Dad obviously breaks down crying. And um, you know, the documentaries that I've watched about it, he says that he cried for days, obviously because he just lost a son. Yeah, and so it's really sad. And I know Haley and I both are parents and moms, and so we can both relate. To (laughs) I don't want to think about how I would feel about that because it's too scary. But it would be extremely sad. Sad enough to where I don't even want to go there.
1: Yeah, I definitely don't want to go there, and I couldn't even think about
0: yeah that honestly couldn't even but i my heart goes out to obviously the parents um so the mom i'm just gonna say this ahead of time the the mom and dad were separated and so the mom wasn't there she obviously found that finds out about this much later i don't exactly know how she finds out about it but she wasn't there to see the body in person and again thank god as a mom i am probably grateful for her that she didn't see that because that would just be too hard to swallow slash C. I mean, I don't even know what I would do. But again, I'm going to just quickly breeze past this because it's really sad. So the two officers assigned to the case, they discover that Conrad, the deceased victim who committed suicide, had left a suicide note for his family and his loved ones. That And this note also included passwords to his laptop and iPhone. And so, <laughs> side note, I was watching this documentary about this case and uh they quickly zoomed into his password for some reason and it said his password to the laptop was Dwayne Wade 3 and I just thought wow that's so random I love Dwayne Wade by the way I loved him when he played for the heat and he was in his prime and it was like the fantastic three or something with Chris Bosh and LeBron James Mm -hmm. anyways moving on I thought that was really I paused on that and I was like oh Dwayne Wade 3 you must have really liked Dwayne Wade anyways so moving on uh so the police can confiscate the phone and the laptop and um they don't really do it for any other reason other than, you know, maybe we can dig into this young boy's life to see what would have made him do such a horrific thing and end his life uh when he had so much more to live for potentially. So, they start looking and they the first thing they do is open up the phone and they look at the last open text message thread and this is where Michelle Carter comes in because the last open text message thread in Conrad Roy III's phone is with Michelle Carter. And they quickly kind of read through and they discover, wow, there is some really fucked up exchanges here, for lack of a better word. And I'm trying to be careful with my words because I don't want to color your guys' opinion because at some point I will read the text messages out loud. If you haven't already seen them somewhere, but we will go into them. And to give you, you know, a little bit of insight before we get into it entirely, I'll just read out what she texted Connor. Oh, sorry, Connor. Conrad, right before this (laughs) happened. Connor's my husband, so. Yeah, sorry. It's been a long week, guys, for everyone. So I'm trying to keep my uh, P's and Q's right. So let me just quickly scroll up. Okay, so. She says, are you back? And Conrad says, yep. Michelle goes, so it's time. Conrad says, oh, it's been time. Michelle says, are you going to do it now? And Conrad says, I just don't know how to leave them, you know. And he's obviously them. He's talking to about his family. Michelle says, say you're going to the store or something. And Conrad says, well, I want them to know I love them. Michelle says, they know. That's one thing they definitely know. You're overthinking. Conrad says, I know I'm overthinking. I've been overthinking for a while now. Michelle, I know. You just have to do it like you said. Are you going to do it now? Conrad, I haven't left yet. Ha ha. Michelle, why? Dot, dot, dot. Conrad, leaving now. Michelle, okay, you can do this. Conrad, okay, I'm almost there. Michelle, okay. Michelle, please answer me. Michelle, I'm scared. Are you okay? I love you. Please answer. And that's sort of where I'm going to stop for now. Dang. So anyways.
1: Did, uh, you might go into this later, but did Conrad seem like he had suicidal thoughts prior to any of this? Like did his parents notice anything? Yeah.
0: So that's going to be a huge part of what I'm going to talk okay. about. But then we'll go we'll, into we'll, that yeah. later.
1: Yeah. Okay. So
0: going back to they just read these text messages. I would read a very small excerpt. And if it wasn't clear, Conrad was basically talking about how he's. You know, worried about what his family is gonna feel and go through once he does commit suicide. And Michelle's basically telling him, You're overthinking this. Just do it like you and I talked about, and you're, you'll be fine. They definitely know you love them, blah, blah, blah.
1: What a bitch. Can you <laughs> imagine you like having these thoughts and some, one of your friends are saying things like that to you?
0: So, because, you know, obviously, Haley, you don't know the rest of the case. So I'm gonna play devil's advocate for now, which is when I initially read about this case in the media all I saw was what I've just kind of led into right now which is Michelle coaxing Conrad and almost urging him to take his life and I thought of the same thing like wow what a heartless soulless bitch and I agree I have had some hard days in my life and to think that in those hard days if someone would have kind of Reverb, re- regurgitated like my worst fears are correct I probably would have been inclined to do whatever I was thinking I don't know what that means but yeah it's rough you know I can't picture that and I hope it doesn't happen to anyone else but we will go to, into more detail so anyways the police see these chicks text exchanges and they immediately go wow there's something here and they describe the text messages kind of what i said it's constant encouragement to take his life almost like demanding it of him and now Mm -hmm. um this is an interesting case because of this so do her words alone make her guilty here he is the one who went and you know and if it wasn't clear the way he killed himself is he kind of blocked his exhaust pipe and then ran his engine and eventually died of carbon monoxide poisoning because if the fumes can't leave your car eventually you will die and if someone's seen house of cards one of the deaths is staged this way as a suicide and that's what he did and so that's what we will explore is even though michelle was just on text telling him no you got to do this there was no coercion in my mind nothing it was just yeah maybe it was an immoral text or something like that but does that alone make her culpable for his death I mean, that's a very dangerous precedent. Just think about that for a second, you know, and let Uh, that sink in before we go into the rest of this case.
1: Yeah, I think it does, but that's my (sighs) opinion.
0: Okay. Okay. So the police obviously interview her and ask her if she was in contact with Conrad at all. You know, the di- the hour before, a minute before, the day before, a week before, you know, what happened? Had he told her what he was going to do and did she know of his intentions? And she obviously talks to the police and tells them that she was expecting kind of this to come up and the text messages to come up. And she tells them that Conrad had been talking about taking his life for a while and that she was talking to him the night before he did it and that he talked about and eventually the phone just kind of hung up and she was scared for him and didn't really know what to do and that's what she tells them and then the police quickly go well you know we're gonna take your phone we need to confiscate it here's a warrant for it you'll eventually get it back but for now it's ours because it's part of evidence and then they go and contact the d.a to figure out if there's a potential criminal case here against michelle the next thing that I think happened is the texts got released to the press somehow, and Conrad's family is in shock. Now, keep in mind, text messages are very private, so in this case, it's interesting that everyone has had access to them, but think about this in terms of Conrad's family, you know? They don't know what his kid talks to somebody about, right? The first time that they're seeing all these exchanges are in the press, and his mom and his dad are completely shocked. I mean, Haley, can you think of a reaction if some girl was texting crew and was like, no, no, you should do it. You should fucking kill yourself. Just do it now. <laughs> like, why are you taking so long, you know? Um, and I'm pretty sure
1: that that girl would be dead by the hands yeah. of my husband.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm not laughing because it's funny, but it's just so unbelievable. So I just – I also do want to see it from their side. But anyway, so every it goes – Obviously, it's nationwide and everyone's shocked, especially the family. And I'm sure, sure Michelle's family was shocked, too. Um, and to I've me, this is it. just
1: like a red flag of what this girl is capable of. Like, if you are going to say these things to your boyfriend or your good friend who is hurting inside and saying that they want to kill themselves, like, that is not my natural reaction. Be like, well, just do what you've been saying you're going to do. My, my natural reaction would be to call the parents or go get them help or talk them out of it or like not leave their side. So to me, that has a very huge red flag of um some kind of psychotic sociopath behavior.
0: Yeah, and you know, I, I like I said, initially I did agree with you and we're going to go into a little bit more in depth about this case, but I'm just going to read a little bit more of the text messages to hear. here. As to why the police thought what they did. And now it's going to get really clear. So Michelle. Okay. When will you be back from your walk? Conrad. Five minutes. Michelle. Okay. So are you going to do it? Conrad. I guess. Michelle. I want you to be ready and sure. Conrad. Like that, you know, weird fate like smiley emoji with like the P sign. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Michelle. What's that mean? Ha ha. Conrad. I don't know. I'm freaking out again. I'm overthinking. Michelle, I thought you wanted to do this. The time is right and you're ready. You just need to do it. You can't keep living this way. You just need to do it like you did last time and not think about it and just do it, babe. You can't keep doing this every day. Conrad, I don't want to, but I'm like freaking out for my family, I guess. I don't know. Michelle, Conrad, I told you I'll take care of them. Everyone will take care of them to make sure they won't be alone and people will help them get through it. We talked about this. They will be okay and accept it. People who commit suicide don't think this much and they just do it. Conrad, I know, I know, LOL. Thinking just drives me more crazy. Michelle, exactly. You just need to do it, Conrad, or I'm going to get you help. Michelle, you can't keep doing this every day. Conrad, okay, I'm going to do it today. Michelle, do you promise? Conrad, I promise, babe. I have to now. Michelle like right now. And I'm going to stop that. So, again, yes, very damning. All of these are happening literally the night before or maybe even hours before that Conrad does commit the suicide. And so, all right, let's talk about this a little bit more. So, apparently at 6:28 p.m., Conrad called Michelle and talk to her for 43 minutes. So now I'm, I'm going back to what the police see in the records, okay? Because they don't have any of this context yet. They just know all the transcripts of the phone, messages and calls. And so they see that at 6.28 p.m., Conrad calls her, talks to her for 43 minutes. Apparently, the line gets disconnected or someone hangs up. And at 7.12 p.m., um, she calls him back because it got disconnected. And... Apparently, the reason they know what I'm about to say is because Michelle talks about this in her text to a friend post the suicide. So apparently at seven twelve when she calls him back, uh, she claims that the line had gotten disconnected. And Conrad had actually gotten out of the truck because he was having doubts about committing suicide. But she actually urges him to get back in, in and I quote, just fucking get back in and do it. Um, And she's telling this to a friend post-suicide because I guess uh, she's feeling some sort of way about it. And she basically said, her friend's name is Sam. Sam, I could have stopped this. You know, he got out and he was having thoughts about it, second thoughts about it, and I told him to get back in. Haley, I can see your face. (laughs) We're going to get Still think she's fucking guilty of something. We're going to keep going into this. So now everything I've read says that there is – transcription of these phone calls but months after the incident like I said Michelle was texting with a friend and said that to a friend over text expressing feeling potentially guilty and responsible for Conrad's death and when the police have our phone in uh, custody they obviously just you know hone right into that so now let's get into it Conrad clearly had depression we're going to talk about what led up to this point, sort of. Conrad had depression in the documentary I Love You Now Die on HBO, which was one of my resources. um, Actually shows some home footage uh, that was probably taken from his laptop or something because remember, they have confiscated Conrad's laptop because he left all his passwords on this Mm -hmm. inside note. And uh, he's just made all these home movies about how he feels insignificant in the world. He's just trashy. And, you know, I'm not quoting exactly, but there's a lot of video of Conrad expressing over and over again that he's having suicidal thoughts and he's clearly going through something in his life. And so um, his dad at this point in the documentary starts explaining that he was a happy kid. They grew up going on the water a lot, but sometime in high school, his grades started slipping and he was having a tough time staying focused. He said that he had racing thoughts and loss of memory and apparently they do attempt to seek help for him now this is conrad's dad conrad roy jr so i'm just quoting him um and the reason i'm putting this in quotes and not as a direct fact is because some of this will be challenged later so apparently they do seek help for him he says that they took him to therapists and doctors and they just couldn't figure out what was going on with him The mom, because remember, the parents are separated, mom, who is Lynn Roy, um, she says, you know, I wish I'd seen more signs and I had known what he was thinking or feeling. Um, And apparently just all in all, they just talk like the parents and the family members had no idea what was going on with him at the time I mean when I first read everything it literally sounds like the parents just had no idea about his suicidal thoughts just period nothing if they knew that he was having any kind of trouble in school they didn't realize the magnitude of his depression and they clearly did not know about the suicidal thoughts that's what it comes across as so far so Haley to answer your question um it looks like he did have issues but so far the family wasn't aware of it yeah, like
1: and I'm that. not going to blame the family members. I mean, a lot of times people are struggling with shit that we have no idea of. And they're fighting their own demons and not everybody handles emotions the same way. So I'm definitely not putting any like, hey, why didn't you notice on the family? Cause Yeah, and
0: obviously the mom has guilt because like I said, she says, you know, I oh, wish yeah. I had. Yeah.
1: I mean, so anyways. Sure. Okay. Wait, hold on. This case is fucking messing with my brain. I need to go pour another glass of wine. So Okay. So, you know, like we were talking about,
0: so I had a thought. Like, do you guys think Michelle at this point, because clearly Michelle and Conrad were talking about this, and based on the text, Michelle probably knew that he was thinking about doing this. Should Michelle have intervened and told the family?
1: What do you think, Haley? I know that's a hard one because... I mean, I think, yes, black and white, in a world of black and white, I think, yes, she should have told his family. However, I know from experience, when people are threatening suicide and things like that, the last thing they want you to do is talk to their family. So it just kind of puts you into this, like, moral spot, like this, hey, this person who really trusts me and is talking to me doesn't want me to tell their family. And then you're kind of, like, giving them up and, like, saying, like, hey, they're dealing with this. And you're just doing exactly what they don't want you to do as the only person that that person feels like they can talk to. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I understand that it's not the easiest thing to do. Now, do I think the way that she's fucking saying, "Yeah, go do it. Why haven't you done it yet? Like hurry the fuck up." No, you're you're guilty. That's yeah. still I still
0: stand with that. So, the first part of your answer I did agree with. You know, as a mom, Um, it's hard on both ways, but I'm going to think from both sides here as a mom. I think if this was happening to my son, I absolutely anyone talking to my son in the future, if he is talking to you about this, please come to me. I'm not going to judge, but just as a mom, I'd want to know. And, but now switching gears to someone who's had depression, who's had to deal with some stuff. Um, I know that having gone through those things myself, to share those thoughts with anyone alone is a scary feeling. But when, like Kaylee said, someone trusts you with those darkest secrets, usually they don't want you to tell anyone else because there's always this fear of judgment. What are they going to think about me? And how dare they tattle on me? You know, and there's like a broken level of trust there that you don't want to cross. So yeah, it's a hard one. I don't know. But it's a question that's going to come up over and over again in this case i feel like uh, because what else could michelle have done if you're holding her responsible for conrad's homicide isn't the expectation here not just to not say those coercive things but then to actively take action to not have him do it
1: yeah I get what you're saying so wait, is she being tried for first degree murder Or like third degree? Um, We'll
0: get into the trial in a minute and how the police get there. Okay. But essentially they're saying that they're going to treat this as homicide and not suicide. And that Michelle is
1: part of the person who committed homicide. And what state is this? My question
0: here is, uh, this is in Massachusetts.
1: Hmm. I'm guessing you probably don't know whether Massachusetts is, and I know I say things fucking weird. I have, like, a lisp or something, so sometimes I can't say words. But that state, uh, I bet you don't... Do you know if they um, assist a the suicide is, like, a thing there? Like, for the doctors. Like, I know this is probably, like, random as well. Uh, I have no yeah. idea. No clue. So, I don't know. Sorry. So, like, in a lot of states, assisted suicide is not legal. Therefore, like, for people who are actually in pain and, like, are dying of diseases... Not just like depression, but cancer and they're in their third, they, you know, they have like three months to live and they're in pain and then the doctors can help them pass that bridge faster and keep them out of pain. A lot of states that's illegal and they do get tried for murder. So I kind of but feel again, like that's different. There's like a physical 100% yeah, right? Like someone's
0: doing something to kill yes. you. What is so my question to people who think Michelle should be tried and should be held responsible. What is your expectation of her? Was your expectation of her that she should have just not said encouraging things? So what if she should she have should she have done? Should she have just ghosted him? I and mean, been like, well, oh, shit, fuck. I'm not dealing with part of this shit, you know, because uh, I can't betray his trust, but I can't tell his family. So
1: what is the expectation here? The expectation here, here is to make sure that you don't... <laughs> Yeah, you don't say encouraging things. You say the opposite of encouraging things. You say, don't fucking kill yourself. I need you're if you're going to do this, I'm going to call somebody because who knows? He might have not done any of this if she hadn't been pushing him. So to... the
0: expectation is to call somebody then. Right. Because if you're saying that by her saying something that was nowhere responsible to coercion. In at the opinion, very minimum,
1: it, at the very minimum, the expectation here is to not say encouraging things. Period. But what, not if, but what makes it
0: homicide for you? Is it the words of encouragement that make it homicide for you? Or is it that she didn't do something to stop him? Because those are two
1: different things. And that's okay. And you can think about like it. An this is a question to everyone. Like, if you're not stopping somebody from murdering somebody, you're accomplishing. You're, you're their accomplice. So if you're not stopping... Even if you're not physically there? Yeah. If you know of it, you're withholding evidence. You're withholding all kinds of shit. Okay. Fair point.
0: So we'll move on for you know, we're going to put a, put a pin on that for now. It's just a food for thought that I thought of while I was researching this case. You know, um, don't have to have answers. We may not even have answers at the end, but just something to think about so moving on I'm going to switch gears for a second right we're going to move on we're going to put a pin in the case and what happened and we're going to go into Michelle and Conrad's relationship for a little bit so Michelle and Conrad met in Florida Naples Florida to be exact over summer break now remember these are teenagers Michelle is young I mean she's probably 14 15 maybe 16 at the time Conrad commits suicide um, they met over summer break in 2012 so if Conrad is 18 in 2014 when he dies he's probably 16 in 2012 which means Michelle's even younger 14 or something right when she meets this guy over summer break and I I'm just ma- giving you guys a timeline of how young these so she's are.
1: 14 when they meet and then how old is she when two she's years later not stopping him two, from murder? two years later she's still a teenager so they
0: were both staying with their grandparents in Naples uh Conrad's aunt introduced um uh, Michelle to Conrad and other than that after summer break They kind of just never hung out. So they instantly connect in Florida and they keep in touch, obviously exchange phone numbers. This is 2012, 2014, modern day. People have iPhones. A lot of the stuff is on the internet. And so other than that, they never hang out in person. They live about an hour away from each other in Massachusetts. Michelle lives in a small town called Plainville and Conrad lives in, God, I have to remember how to say this word later. Matasopea. I have to... Marasopaira, something like that. In Massa- It's a small town in Massachusetts.
1: <laughs> English is your second language and you speak it better than me. So. Uh, I'll,
0: I'll get to it. I'll remember how to pronounce this later, but I'm so so sorry if I butchered it. The, pro- the point is they're both from small towns in Massachusetts and they both live an hour away. So for the most part of their relationship, this is a long distance relationship and only over text and calls for the most part. So it's a They mo- But have never.
1: Wait, you said they have met they or meet they have never person, met
0: in person just in the beginning in 2012 over summer break in Naples, Florida, where they're both visiting their grandparents. And once they go away from summer break, they never see each other again, from what I can tell from the articles that I've read. So it's kind of like a modern romance, romance, right? Because it's entirely all online after their initial meeting. Um, So that's why the mom, Lynn Roy, Conrad's mom says she had no idea. That her son even had a relationship because she never saw the girlfriend. She says she knew that Conrad was sort of texting with Michelle a lot but other than that she had no idea what they would text about, what the level of their intimacy was, nothing, right? So but clearly they had developed an intimacy without physically being close and it seems that that was a very toxic relationship clearly <laughs> from the little text that we've read so far for not just for Conrad but potentially for both of them, right? We don't know what's driven Michelle to say things like that yet. Um, So anyways, so now we're back to the case and the state of Massachusetts has decided to pursue criminal charges against Michelle based on the evidence they've seen so far. Yay, Haley, you're winning so far. Your side is winning. Um, So
1: not really side, but your opinions winning so far. So her defense. attorney. Yeah, I'm going to say you playing devil's advocate is not making me like you Uh, very much. I I, I, (laughs) I didn't
0: I didn't think that, you know, I don't think we've ever been on the opposite sides of a case yet. Um, This might be a first, but I have a feeling I'll change your mind when I get into the later details of this case. So her defense Uh. attorney and uh, what he's claiming here is, again, something I've hinted at hinted at before. I don't care how immoral or wrong she was saying something to him over text but can her just saying something be allowed to be viewed as responsible for someone else's decision to take their own life is that a homicide or is what she was saying freedom of speech for michelle carter there's no part here where michelle is holding gun to conrad and saying if you don't do it i'll come and do it myself for you or if you don't do it i'll fucking kill you
1: It doesn't matter. Okay, I know you don't believe in the Bible, but that's like basically what Lucifer did. But take away the moral part of this. Just looking at the law. Yeah, okay. Just looking at the law and the facts, and no, she probably cannot be because it is freedom of speech and nobody's stopping you from saying things. But there's the other part of that where you can't threaten somebody's life and you can't say like, I'm going to kill you or I'm going to hurt you. And that's basically what she's doing with her words. Is Mm -hmm. she saying? She didn't say that though. No. So if
0: you literally look at it, she didn't say that again. I know I'm playing devil's advocate, but she doesn't (laughs) say that. There's no imminent threat to Conrad. If he just decides to not get back, get back in the truck. Right? So again, I just need a break in the box wine over here because I <laughs> like, <laughs> Haley's losing her <laughs> mind. Having a very hard Haley's time about with this. To, like if Haley was in front of me, I think she would have reached out and sprinkled me because I feel like I can like yeah. feel the frustration building up. And it was like, Richard, just fucking <sighs> see my side already, okay? Uh, all right. So again, the defense attorney so far is going to argue freedom of speech that like, there was there is no precedent in Massachusetts here that shows that words alone are can be responsible here for the murder and it's not a murder it's a suicide it's not a homicide this is a suicide case it's not a homicide case so he's questioning the entire case that the prosecution has brought here alone and if i was a lawyer i'd do the same thing probably and so the judge argues you know that there is a case for involuntary manslaughter haley clap for yourself maybe you're maybe there's some redeeming quality here uh he argues that there is unwanted and reckless behavior that caused the death um conrad may have prepared and committed the suicide himself uh, and there was no physical intervention by michelle however her actions were immoral and she didn't do anything to prevent it which is why the judge says I'm going to go ahead with the trial. So again, food for thought here for a quick second. It doesn't matter how much, per, how persistent she was, how cruel she you think she was being, how immoral her conduct was. Her speech alone was being taken here as a way to cause, to say that this death was in some way caused by her. Now, I think, again, I agree she acted very insensitive to say the least, but... This is a dangerous precedent to then set for, depending on which way the case rules, which if you guys have already Googled, then you know, but Haley probably doesn't know. So I'm going to go ahead and not tell her for now. You're not going to tell me. Oh, (laughs) no. So this case, I think, had a very dangerous precedent on how free speech was going to be treated. And to me, it's an even further implication on how. Mental health situations are talked about. It's very hard, like Haley, you said, for people to trust people with their darkest thoughts. And now, if you're trying someone to say, Your words caused someone's death because that person confided in her about his suicidal thoughts, we're basically saying she should have told someone. So, is anyone now who has a mental health problem going to be like, Well, fuck, if I tell this person? You know, they're going to be worried about the law stuff. And should I even trust anyone other than my psychiatrist? And not everyone can f- afford a psychiatrist, you know. So just, I'm just rattling off things here. But
1: it is. Okay, but if I were going to tell you I'm going to commit suicide and what are you going to tell me? <clears throat> what, what are you going to say to me, Richa? I- if I'm I not going to hey- tell you
0: to do it. I'm going to not. I'm not going to tell you to be like, yeah, this is how you should do it.
1: Here's an idea.
0: Don't yeah. Because you know family. what?
1: Not that I've been there. Not that we've been in a suicidal position, but I've been in a bad spot where I have texted you and the, this like, you're always like, you know what? You're going to get through this. You're okay. Like I've been there. Let me know if you need anything. Okay. And then you check on me the you're next so day. mad about this. this. is not your and natural so reaction is to be like, I'm yes, not do
0: saying that Michelle's words were in any way Great. You know, and that's an understatement. I'm not supporting what she texted Conrad. I'm only saying, hey, guys, maybe there's a chance that she shouldn't be tried for murder. Because at the end of the day. Well, yeah, I get that. I and get at that. the end of I the, the day, that. it was Conrad's choice. Right. And I agree. M- Michelle was not probably the most moral person. It just I don't think you can blame it on her is all I'm saying. She's a horrible person, but you can't blame his murder on her. Suicide on her
1: okay so argument yeah but what is (laughs) going to happen in 10 years if we don't put her away well
0: we'll find out so the argument here is do michelle's texts count as coercion even though she was an hour away from the actual crime nowhere physically in contact with conrad was it in the end just conrad's decision and his decision alone or did michelle have a part in this so anyways she waives her right to a jury trial We're going into the details of the trial now. And I think that was very smart because the jury tends to be emotional. Uh, They don't tend to focus on the law. And I'm going to quote my very famous um, case here, fucking Casey Anthony, who got away. Um, Just.
1: What do you mean? Oh, yeah. Because I did the. Yeah. No, right.
0: Yeah. So I think it is a smart decision here. Not that juries are always the judge got rid of the jury. The
1: judge overruled the jury or whatever, which doesn't very happen often.
0: So. I think it's a very smart trial uh, part, very smart decision on the defense's tr- part here to say she should waive her right to a jury trial, and it's all going to be based on law. Um, I hate this trick
1: as much as you hate Casey Anthony.
0: <laughs> I think in some cases it works, and this one again, I'm still hoping that we're going to be on the same side of this later. But let me get to it. So the jury is emotional in my mind, and the law is less in the forefront of their minds so everything will have been based on the word of law alone and that to me is a good strategy for the defense let's just agree with it, it's a good strategy for the defense okay um so yeah okay i'll agree with that Kaylee <laughs> is so frustrated with me guys you can't if you can't see her face she's rolling her eyes <laughs> nonstop. up i've never seen her this frustrated with me so this is like getting on her nerves okay so we're gonna take another step back and like i said we're gonna be going back and forth a lot now i'm gonna provide input into Michelle's life right so Michelle was from a small town this is also kind of what the prosecution is stating their case is going to be Uh, so Michelle is from a small town Plainville Massachusetts she was a really good student she was caring young woman everyone described her as always wanting to be helpful to all the people Um, and all in all just a great girl okay but the prosecution says that this is where her actions kind of turned sketch on the morning where uh, Conrad's mom and sister realize that Conrad's missing remember Michelle's been texting Conrad all along right up to the point of Michelle sends a text to Conrad's sister asking her if she knew where Carter uh, Con- Conrad was and she never tells them that she was talking to him kind of sketch I'm gonna agree with you on this Haley so far that's sketch so on July 12 2014 which is when conrad committed suicide she texts the sister again telling her if there is anything they need and that she would really like to help her family get through this difficult time Um, she also eventually asks for part of his ashes which is really weird. And at some point, the prosecution does ask Conrad's sister in the court, like, did you think that was weird? And obviously, his sister says, Yeah, I thought that was really bizarre <laughs> and awkward. Um, so she's using ashes like a trophy? That's what I thought or- initially. Yeah, it's just okay. weird. <laughs> at least.
1: I mean, but I mean, <laughs> so okay. Frustrated. Besides the point of that, like, If she didn't do these things and she was just asking for his ashes, I would just think that she just wanted a part of him, Mm -hmm. not in a trophy way. Yeah. So there are alternative theories. But in this case, I think she wants to keep him as a fucking trophy. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm I'm really curious if like at at the end of this, if she's gone to some therapists and therapists are like, yeah, this bitch is a uh, sociopath.
0: No, that's not what happens. I will tell you that. now. that's not what happens. Okay. So more weird texts. Michelle texts Conrad's mom and she says things like she tried her hardest and everyone tried their hardest to save Conrad. And the mom's just like, what the fuck is she even talking about? Like, tried hardest at what? Like, I didn't even know he was having these thoughts, you know? So, So weird text exchanges. Clearly, she's I don't think she's being fully forthcoming with the family. And that clearly is a little bit sketch. So what are we, what we're getting to here is that uh, prosecution's case here is that Michelle was thirsty for attention and that she did this and coerced, quote unquote, Conrad to do this to gain sympathy points. She wanted the attention as the girl who had just lost her boyfriend to suicide. Um, this was really sad. She's basically, just another side note. When I watched the documentary, she's basically sitting across in the courtroom from all these girls that were in her school or part of her team and prosecution brings them on the stand as witnesses. And she basically sits across from all of them as they all claim to be either her teammate, classmate, but not really friends. And I can see even in the documentary that she kind of just like makes this face and she's confused. And sometimes people forget she's still a teenager. Can you imagine going through just... Everything else, there's as- a
1: reason she doesn't have any friends because everything nobody can trust aside, this. Bitch.
0: <laughs> everything else aside, you're a teenager who has just lost her boyfriend again, planned or not, and you're sitting across from the courtroom being tried for his murder. And then all the people who you thought were friends are now bailing on you and basically testifying against you. I think that that's a very lonely place to be. And regardless of which side of this case you guys are on, I think there's some sort of empathy that goes out to her, right? Like she's basically alone. And that is a huge burden to bear at such a young age. I don't even think some people could take that on as adults, really.
1: So I don't disagree with you on that but I also think she's a sociopath, so I don't think she has any feelings. Okay, so then my next notes are really going to piss you off, so I say... <laughs> did you know I was going to react this way when you changed <laughs> Honestly, I didn't case think up? about
0: it. I just kind of took notes, and this is all, guys, you're seeing this up front. Like, I did not plan for Haley to really hate this case this much
1: or hate my guts I put guts it in my notes as a case much. that I was going to do, and I'm very curious on how I would have gone about this, but, mm. like, I don't know if you knew that I was going to... No, I did not. I did not, because we've never been on the opposite <laughs> side, so I just thought you would
0: but you've also never researched this case as much as i have that's so. true i haven't I yeah have not. so i mean i get what the prosecution is trying to do but again i think that it's really heartless but that's why lawyers are lawyers they focus on the law yeah. and what their goal is and not like the person sitting across from them
1: so what's the other the prosecutor's defense here the defense like, team's what, the, argument like no the prosecutors the so prosecutors like, are basically the- saying she did it and They're giving her a motive. But what's the law on that? What's the law on what they're trying to do here?
0: They're trying to... So there's no precedent in Massachusetts for that, which is what defense was saying, right? Like, there's no... The the judge says, I'm going to try this as involuntary manslaughter because um, he treats her call to Conrad telling him to get back in after he was having second thoughts as uh, involuntary manslaughter. And so they're arguing that. So now they're basically giving a motive. And they're saying... She needed Conrad to go through the suicide for her plan for attention to work. And now they're going to put all these people on the stand to claim why she wanted and craved this attention. And that's what I'm going to go into. So they basically show that none of her friends saw her as close. She was essentially lonely and was always wanting attention but never got it. And in order to gain these friendships, uh, she used Conrad's death as a way to get those sympathy points and potentially get close friends. And what I mean by that is they constantly bring these girls up on the stand who say they wouldn't give her the time of the day before. Like they didn't really hang out with her outside of school. But once she starts talking to them about, hey, my boyfriend is missing and, oh, my God, I think he
1: killed himself,
0: all these people sort of flock to her um, mm-hmm. and give her support. Just people.
1: Yeah. People love drama. They like to be in the middle of shit.
0: Oh, no, they're just being nice. They're like, oh, my God, this is a really tough thing. You've lost your boyfriend. Let me be around you. You know, she she starts asking them to hang out. Like, hey, can we hang out to just take my mind off of it? And these friends who didn't hang out with her before, supposedly, they start hanging out with her. And so the the prosecution's case here but is that that's why she did it. She wanted to gain these friendships. And that's how she gained these friendships. Yeah.
1: So it, the prosecution is saying is that that's premeditated. Yes. To convince him to kill himself. So that she can gain friendship—that's the motive here, mm-hmm. and th- that's what the prosecution saying yes. is the motive. So here. they
0: start off by calling these girls on the witness dat- stand and basically saying that that they only got close to her after they learned of Conrad's death, and that she basically does a dry run of this plan two nights before Conrad actually killed himself. She texts her friends that he's missing, while also texting Conrad at the very same time simultaneously that he needed to buy, you know, the gas to put in his car and how to block his exhaust pipe. Like he's helping, she's helping Conrad plan the suicide at the same time she's texting her friends that he's missing. Um, Again, sketch. She starts getting attention that she wanted in this dry run that prosecution is calling it. But apparently Conrad bails on the suicide attempt. Uh, But now, according to the prosecution, she knows that she can get the attention that she wants. As long as Conrad kills himself, right? So she knows that she needs to make this happen in order to gain these friends. And that's their case.
1: So, on either side of this, whether this is really her motive, then like to be 14 years old or she 14 or 16? 16, 16 now, 16, 17. 16 years old and to do this, like that's crazy. Like, not just like you're crazy yes. for doing this, but to think that far ahead and these are the motives that you're gonna get we yes we both have been 16 years old do you think that shit no i've never thought no
0: i've never that intricate thought about adult. anything
1: i never really thought about anything intricate like that like no. my things were like going to school and like partying and prom so
0: are you saying that you believe the prosecution's case or not
1: i'm saying in either defense like if this is really her motive like that's kind of crazy that she did think all those things and if she did think all those things and she's still fucking crazy. I don't fucking know. I really don't know what I think. I agree. I still think she's guilty, but
0: <laughs> I agree. So far, I'm guilty I think, of not being a good this, human I being. Think so yes. far, the prosecutions put up some really good points that I don't even think I'm going to be able to explain away later. But they're they're painting a very good picture of what they intend to do. And another thing they add to their case is after Conrad's suicide, she sets up this event called Homers for Conrad. It's a tournament that she organizes in Conrad's honor to raise money for mental health awareness. And Conrad's family and friends are, like, confused about why she's putting up this event in Plainville and not Matapoiset. I said it. (gasps) Oh, there it is. Oh. Conrad was from Matapoiset, guys. Okay. And they're confused. They're like, why don't you move the event? Like you're doing this in honor of our friend, but you're not doing it. You're doing it an hour away from us. So his family and his friends are going to have a really hard time even getting there. Um, And his friends describe it as like she never wanted she just refused to move the event closer to them and that she just cared about the fact that she got the credit for that event that she was organizing again another ploy into that the fact she wants the attention they put up all these photos that she took with the teammates in that event and they basically okay so here's her
1: here's something that i was gonna say real quick though with and now i'm gonna be playing the other opposite side which really fucking with my mind here but (laughs) i had a friend here he was super drunk he killed a couple people By drinking and driving. And the lawyers basically made him put up like this whole thing where they were like, You need to do like a drinking and driving like fundraiser, basically. Mm. So I feel like that might be the same thing. Like the lawyers here told her that she needed to put on this event.
0: This is all before the trial she's not like this is all already happened they're presenting this as evidence in the trial right now
1: see so okay then that's just fucking weird it's weird why would what yeah okay it's
0: weird again i'm telling you i'm not going to explain all of it okay so now this is where i'm hoping to potentially at least plant a seed of doubt here on people who hate her so much um so we're going to go into a little bit about michelle's story and background now turns out Michelle herself had some serious mental health issues of her own. She had an de- eating disorder, she was bulimic, and she was severely lonely, which clearly the prosecution is proving. She used to cut herself, and all of these things combined between her having issues of her own, um, eating disorder, cutting herself, they're all Indicative of, of how someone isolates themselves when they don't think they can approach people in a way where they relate. Um, and she was herself basically in just a dark cocoon. And I have been in those states of mind <laughs> on my own and it honestly the dark cloud feels so dense that you can't come up for breath or ask anyone for help because even asking for help seems so overwhelming like you're so out of sort I don't even know how to explain it unless you've experienced it on your own but I know Haley you're you know what I'm talking about is when you get in those super depressed state, states just doing anything positive or in the right directions seems so daunting and overwhelming you Mm -hmm. don't even know how to approach it.
1: Yeah, sometimes I could be just getting on a bed or changing your clothes. Yeah, just little things, let alone ask for help, you know? So Mm -hmm. which brings us Mm
0: -hmm. back to the trial. Where was the question here? Kind of what we lost in this trial was, why was Conrad suicidal in the first place? They never addressed that. They never addressed why Conrad was so suicidal. What were the underlying symptoms? The, the trial just becomes about Michelle and Michelle's background and Michelle's credibility. And so the defense not only wanted to focus on the free speech, but they also wanted to paint a picture of Now, the broader relationship that Michelle and Conrad had for two years, that this suicide was not homicide. And that's what the defense wanted to approach, which I sort of agree with. It's easy to just see her text messages out of context, context, which I have read so far. And it's easy to form that opinion when that's all you read. But Mm -hmm. we're going to go into a little bit more detail about what was happening behind the scenes. You know, what makes her say those things? Conroy was Conrad. Oh, Conrad was also on antidepressants and other psychiatric does, drugs. And the expert witness that they call on the stand, the defense called on sat stand, says that, and we all might know this, these drugs can cause suicidal thoughts as a side mm-hmm. effect. You know.
1: I was just about to say that.
0: Yeah, they, can, they have a lot of side effects and suicidal thoughts is one of them. And they usually warn you about that. So they start revealing texts between Michelle and Lynn now. This is a defense revealing these texts between Michelle and Lynn. And if you don't remember, Lynn is Conrad's mom. And she says, I feel like it's my fault. I should have kept him away from his dad's family. I feel like they have some blood on their hands. And the point that they're trying to make here is that the prosecution is leaving key points out of those texts to paint a picture of Michelle, but not really painting a picture of everything around those texts. And that's what they're going to get into.
1: So wait she's the mom said that she should have kept them out of the dad's family yep i feel
0: like it's my fault i should have kept him away from his dad's family i feel like they have some blood on their hands regardless of what she said she claims in the very first time that i read an interview about her that she had no idea what conrad was going through the fact that she says i should have kept him away from his dad's family i feel like it's my fault gives me an indication that she knew so Clearly, over here, the fact that his parents claimed that they didn't know he was ever suicidal or had these thoughts or whatever, I think that's false. I'm just laying that foundation
1: here. I don't don't think that's false. I think as a parent, if you were to lose somebody, you just... You do feel that blame when somebody commits suicide. Well, I'm going to
0: tell you that it's going to be proven true. <laughs> so All right. what the expert testimony then re- tells us even further is that Conrad was reacting to an angry and unhappy father. It turns out that his mom and dad were going through a very ugly separation slash divorce. There were charges against his mother that the dad had filed for assault. Michelle, on the mm-hmm. other hand, was on psychiatric drugs too. They And Michelle, like the defendant here mm-hmm. also inside mm-hmm. the combination of these three things that michelle was had issues of her own she was on psychiatric drugs which mean she probably had some suicidal thoughts of her own as well she was on prozac if i didn't make that clear um and they weren't really star crossed lovers the expert testimony says that they were on They were basically drug-crossed lovers, that this was a very toxic relationship of two teens, Mm -hmm. disturbed teens who had no idea how to get out of this hellhole. Um, To get into a little bit more detail, he further says that she was on Prozac from a very early age, and the fact that she was bulimic only made her more dependent on that drug and it took a stronger grasp on her, and that studies much later showed that kids that young should have never been prescribed Prozac at all. Um, And that not long after she was on Prozac, she actually attempted suicide. She attempted to climb up on a stool and tied a noose around her. And so now we're going back to October of 2012. This is when Conrad is now texting Michelle. We're going to go through a little bit more texts. Okay, Conrad, do you care what's happening to me? Michelle, what's happening? Conrad, stayed in the hospital last week. Cutting it short? Yeah, I tried Mm. to kill myself. I'm going to end it there, but I'm going to give the little gist of what I'm about to talk about. So
1: he was already at the hospital, so his parents must have already This known. is
0: at the start of their relationship. Yeah. So now Michelle, who is young, she's not only dealing with her own problems, but she's dealing with a boyfriend who she just met and is she's dropping a bomb on her, basically, like. I'm suicidal. I've tried to commit suicide. I was in the hospital, which again, the parents knew they were aware of it. He actually tried to OD on acetaminophen, but failed. Um, The mother was actually called to the hospital when this happened. Um, And he had apparently attempted suicide four times before that, which the mom and dad were both aware of. He had promised his mom enough to say the mom had actually asked him, are you going to do this, Conrad? and the mom actually says this in the documentary I, I watch and apparently Conrad had promised her that he wasn't going to do that again. I'm going to put that in quote. But clearly this shows that Conrad had a history of suicidal gestures and thoughts. Not just that, but that the family knew that he had attempted it, that it wasn't just a, a suicide thought, it was a gesture. He'd attempted it, failed four times prior to it. So the claim that the family just did not know and that this was a shock, I think is complete bullshit.
1: I'm just going to go out and say it. It is. It's bullshit. Well, obviously, yeah, it, I guess it is. If they said that they didn't know, but actually proven that they did know, then yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah, it it is. It doesn't make what Michelle did right. No, but if you're going to saying,
0: someone. So, okay, if you're going to put the blame on his girlfriend to say she didn't get him help, if I know that my son's having suicidal thoughts and he's attempted it four to five times, I'm not letting him fucking leave the house. I mean, he's
1: on watch basically for the rest yeah, of his yeah. life, or on one hundred percent. Like, I'm still not giving any shade to the family here. Like, not. I am. I'm not going to put shade on them. I'm just saying, like, them knowing, obviously, they lying about them knowing. First of all, why would you lie? So that's kind of weird. And then, like, I don't. I don't know. This is really hard, but. They obviously knew and they're obviously that's been so that's so I would have been in your corner up. on No Shade on the Family until
0: they go on media outlets after media outlets vilifying Michelle. So if
1: you're going to put all the blame on a 16 year old. She is. A, I don't think maybe she should not have all the blame here, but she's still. Well, she's the
0: mind. one on trial for murder. And if you're going to sit there and make her take the blame for your son's suicide, then you should own up to your part in this, which is why was he left alone? Why was he allowed to go somewhere at night on his own? Where were Mm -hmm. you that night, mom, when he left? Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so now let's talk about the effects of Conrad on Michelle. He was planting a seed that he wanted to take his life quickly and swiftly very early on in their relationship. Like I said, Mm -hmm. they met two years ago, and in October of 2012, he's basically talking about how he's attempted suicide already. His mom was called to the hospital, so his family obviously knows. So she was essentially following his lead into a very dark place with him without even realizing what was happening. There were exchanges between both Michelle and Conrad about seeing the devil himself. Again, they're both on antidepressants and um, other sort of psychiatric drugs so hallucinations are not uncommon and they both talk about in their text about how they both saw the devil Conrad actually saw the devil come to him in the hospital that night and the fact that he told them to kill them all and or himself Conrad said that the devil brought them together that they were brought together in order to assist each other through through this dark phase um and that basically they were both out of their minds. Uh, there are further texts that prove that Conrad attempts to plant the idea of how they should be like Romeo and Juliet. Um, and and he says, do you know how their story ends, right? And Michelle goes, oh yeah, fuck no, we're not dying. And so she fought his suicidal thoughts and attempts for over a year and a half. Always talking him off the ledge, suggesting resources that will help him. And... To cause positive change, reaching out to someone. And
1: to first. Wait, so she did all those things? All of those things for a year and a half. We have proof that she did all those things. texts
0: from her to him to asking her to go get help and go to therapy. How
1: could you put up with that for a year and a half?
0: Just getting started, Haley. (laughs) So. Again, like Haley said, this might have to be a two-parter. She basically was in an abusive relationship. He's putting all this pressure on her. So again, we talked about how people don't really want to tell other people when they confide in you, right? So not only now is Michelle this young teenager who has major issues of her own, suicidal thoughts of her own, but now she's in this toxic relationship with a guy who has potentially the same problems, but not just that; he's now threatening her. That's saying by saying, and this is the direct quote by a te- in a text to him, to her from him: "The only thing that would make me hate you is if you told anyone about this. You hear me?" Mm-hmm. Question mark. And in knowing what we know about Michelle today, the fact that she was lonely. She was going through issues of her own in fear of not wanting to lose this one person who makes her feel good. She complies and she isolates herself entirely from her family, from her friends. And this sort of sheds light on why she was taking on two different personalities with Conrad and her friends and his family. She was basically pretending she didn't know because Conrad told her that you shouldn't know right? You should never tell my family that I told you this. You should never tell anyone that I told you this. And so she's bearing that burden of her and his dark thoughts. And that is a lot of fucking pressure for not just a teenager, but for an adult, like to to reiterate, how could you take this for a year and a fucking half? Can you imagine being in a relationship with someone long distance? They just don't answer your text one day. And then you're like, are you dead? did you kill yourself? Fuck, what do I do? Like, what would you do for a year and a half of living with that? Can you imagine what that would do to a teenager's brain?
1: I can't. And I don't disagree that that that's all fucked up. And I can't say like, I feel like that's what everybody who ever says, like confides in you about their depression and their suicidal thoughts is don't tell anyone. I think that's what they do. I just can't imagine a world where I would be in this situation because i wouldn't be with somebody for a year and a half that was bringing me down like this even when i'm at my lowest well it's point. just
0: like a perfect storm right usually oh, yeah. when you're asking for help from someone like if you came to me and you were suicidal and i was suicidal can you imagine me talking you off the ledge i'd be like yeah let's the fuck i'm i'm fucking down on my heels like for all you know i would say yeah let's go do it together you know what i mean like this is not a scenario where a troubled person is asking for help from a sane person or a normal person. They're asking for, it's like the blind leading the blind. She didn't know how to get out of her own hole, let alone tell Conrad how to get get out of his own hole. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. furthermore, Conrad then plants the seed, and I don't know how true this is because the mother never comments on this, that his mother apparently walked into his room one night and she basically sees him Googling how to kill himself on his laptop, doesn't do anything and just walks out. And Conrad tells her this, tells Michelle this over text. Again, Michelle has no way of verifying this. But to Michelle, she goes, oh, OK, so the family's aware of this, right? Like the mom knows she's either accepting of it or they're getting help or something, whatever. Right. But
1: this is does this come up in the text messages? Yeah, or just, this is this all, is all just in text messages. Say. Like
0: apparently Conrad sent her a screenshot of his laptop and says, this is what my was up on my laptop when my mom
1: walked in. And my when mom basically
0: p- saw it and didn't say anything.
1: When you say apparently though this is apparently what Conrad said to Michelle. Yes or because the mom never comments what on Con- it. Con- yeah. Or is this Con- this is proof that Conrad did send this text no, to Michelle. No there's proof that Conrad sent this text to Michelle. Okay. Yeah. So in Michelle's defense Michelle knows that her his parents know yes, of his thoughts. Yes that his mom okay, at least knows
0: it. and that she's apparently just ignoring it or walking away whatever. Um, So he just says that she just take this as, OK, her family, his family must be on board. So after all this fighting Conrad's um, dark thoughts and bearing Conrad's burden, she basically is finally on board with Conrad's plan because she thinks that helping Conrad plan this suicide is the only way He's going to be happy, and then some. One of the texts conrad actually tells her, you know, this is going to be sad or something like that. But no one can help me. I need to kill myself, and that's just the way it needs to be. I just need to not be such so weak and sensitive, and just go ahead and fucking do it, and not overthink it. These are some of his words. I'm paraphrasing, but that's essentially what he says. And mm-hmm. eventually, she just gives in. She's like, I've been fighting this for so long. Nothing's helping. Your c- family clearly knows about this, and. I guess the only way that I can see you happy is if you die. And so she eventually says something like, you know, I just, you know, I just want you to die because not because I want you to be pain because I think you will be protected in heaven and you'll just be happy. And I want you to be happy, just so, so happy. And in her mind, based on expert testimony, she's finally found a way to help Conrad and not just crumble under her own and his pain. And so now after two years of fighting this, she's basically saying, fine, okay, you know, you clearly haven't had the strength to go through with this, but you want to go through with this. So here, let me help you plan it and not just plan it, but make sure you go through with it because this is what you want. You're telling me that this is how you're going to be happy. Right, Conrad? And Conrad says, yeah so conrad was not just that he was on and off extremely mean to her like apparently this also paints a picture of again being very lonely michelle thought that conrad was her boyfriend and conrad sometimes just didn't see her that way she would text him something like do you think we're gonna get married and he would say things like what the fuck do you mean and she would say well why do you say that and then he would just not answer or ghost her, or she he would call her a fucking asshole or a bitch. He was just extremely mean to her. She puts up with it. It's on and off. Essentially, it's a bizarre, toxic relationship where Michelle apparently sees Conrad as her boyfriend, but Conrad might not have reciprocated those feelings at all really so long story short the prosecution after all of this documentation and evidence on both sides sticks with their story on the fact that she did it for attention and the defense argues that she didn't and now they've shown proof that Conrad basically was abusing her and she basically succumbed to all this pressure they call it in um involuntary drunkenness or something I forget what The defense calls this, but they basically say she knew what she was doing, but she was in this trance where she didn't quite connect those to the consequences. It's not
1: insanity, but somewhat, some, some Well, actually, you know, that makes sense, I guess. Like if somebody was emotionally and physically abusing you over and over and over and over again, obviously he wasn't physically abusing her because... They don't live close again. But again, she's 16 years old. She's probably madly in love. Like, I thought I was in love at 16. It's a love, like, it's a sick, dawn, puppy love that you don't really understand, right? Yeah, I mean, she talks about
0: naming a potential son in the future after him once he's yeah. dead. And Conrad tells her to do it, too. And Conrad says, you know, I hope you teach the son about tugboats because he loved, really, really loved tugboats. Like, he constantly hinted at killing himself. And so...
1: I yeah. think
0: that this was a trouble. I feel like what teenager. I was saying is
1: I do feel like, even as an adult, though, if you're in an abusive relationship, I feel like, saying, just go fucking die or go kill yourself, like, wouldn't it be something uncommon?
0: I mean, at some point, mm. I'm just going to be like, well, fuck it, like, a year and a half later, I can't do this anymore, guys, like... How can I make you happy? I love you so much. Tell me how I can make you happy. And if this c- person continues to not reach out for help and continues to tell me I want to die,
1: then I'm going to say, "Okay, I'm then do it." You know what I mean? Like I don't know what yeah, else. Yeah, no, do. I get I get what you're saying. <laughs> no, I totally get what you're saying like I've had friends and exes where they are like, "I'm going to kill myself if you leave." And I'm just like, "No, you're not." But I'm still exactly. leaving. Exactly. There's
0: only a certain yeah. point like eventually and I'm not saying I would do this because again, this is such a weird case to even hypothesize about you being in a potential similar situation. But I'm only thinking of it as how hard this would be right now as an adult for me. That for a sixteen year old who is on so much other so many other drugs and has issues of her own, I don't think this is an unreasonable thing of Michelle to have done like she essentially just broke under all that pressure and was like this is how I can make you happy I love you and I'm gonna I'm gonna support you all the way and as far as I'm concerned she keeps her promise she never tells it's only the texts that tell the story and she continues to just I actually still think she looked at it like she helped Conrad and she truly believes that he's in heaven happy right now Regardless, in June 2017, she's found guilty of involuntary manslaughter. The judge felt that Michelle asking Conrad to get back into the car amounted to reckless conduct. He also brought attention to the fact that Michelle knew Conrad was in trouble, but she never called for help. And that's sort of the final nail in her coffin. Uh, Michelle was sentenced to a two and a half year term that included a 15 year month stint in jail and the rest suspended. I believe that means she can serve that at home like in... On parole or something. Um, And then the judge allowed her to remain free while she appealed this two and a half year sentence. In 2019, Michelle's conviction is upheld. Her request for parole in September 2019 was denied. However, in January 2020, she was released on good behavior after serving about 12 months of that 15-month sentence. Michelle is now serving her five-year probation out And she's not free, but she's on probation. Yeah. And that's how this case ends. And she was released on good behavior. So basically, I read all these articles where she was the model inmate. No problems. Every inmate liked her. She got along with everyone. She was basically a model citizen inside the prison.
1: I think that might be fair.
0: (laughs) Ooh, I think Haley hates me less, guys. Anyways, that
1: was our case. So yeah. Well, I'm just saying. I think that's a fair sentence. Oh, okay. like I don't think you that's did a was, fair sentence. But I think what you did was wrong. You only spent less than a year in jail, or a year in jail, and now you got to be five years probation. What you did is wrong. You help somebody kill themselves. Period.
0: Wow. So, so we are still going to disagree on this then, and you're going to hate me because I don't think she. I don't think she's culpable here. And the more and more that I watch the documentaries again and again and again, I only saw a troubled teen who was in an abusive relationship with an abuser and succumbed to what he was telling her to do. And I think that further punishing her set a very dangerous precedent not only for free speech but for other mental health issues and trust around them so that's how i saw this i saw Mm -hmm. this as
1: very different other than fair (laughs) yeah I, i mean i get what you're saying but i do i think it's a fair sentence she didn't spend 25 years which is life in prison for a murder, she basically. I can argue uh, reckless. I can
0: argue whatever the equi- equivalent of negligence is on the parents' part. I mean, he was an eighteen-year-old adult, but what the fuck, man? Where are you? He's under your care right now, and suicidal. Yeah, that's true. I Isn't mean, that's that negligence? <laughs> so, where's yeah. their part in this? Like this poor teenager who didn't ask. And for they're any both. Of this.
1: And at the end of the day, they're both people's children, and we as parents, like, either of these could be our children, so it's kind of crazy, but. I don't know. You don't tell somebody that is suicidal to go do it. You don't tell them to get back in the car. You just don't do those things, whether it's against the law or not. Yeah. But as far as like morally, it's fucking wrong what she did, whether you're being morally in a vacuum. It's wrong.
0: But when you put everything in context, I think, like I said, I think she just kind of broke, which I think even an adult twice her age would have broken much earlier than she did. So it's 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 a miracle that she even lasted two years without saying fine go do it
1: <laughs> i would have been in a relationship with someone but i don't know there's obviously two sides to the story and, that's and guys crazy. nothing is going to be solved
0: one. this is where we're going to end if you have thoughts about this case which side you're on Haley and i are not on different sides usually but and I'm not even going to call this different sides. We have different opinions. Haley
1: might hate uh-huh. me for like two hours after this, but we'll deal with that I later. Don't I don't hate you. <laughs> but I get, what you're, I get your side. I, that's what I'm like famous for is I understand both sides. Yeah. I do have my own opinions on it.
0: Yeah. And so if you guys have, or, you know, I know this has been a long episode. We might turn this into a two-parter. We'll figure it out later. But, you know, if you have thoughts and comments on this, let us know. Uh, our email, IG, Facebook, all of this is available on um our Facebook page um, and our email is dimesofcrime at gmail.com. Uh, just let us know if you have any thoughts and reach out. And thank you for being here.
1: Yeah. All right. We'll see you next week with a drink in hand. All right. Bye, guys.